This is the GGC Life Podcast. How good is that? You and I have opportunities to go into the nations like that and um, just, yeah, as Jade said, get trained up, equipped. You might think, I don't know if I've got what it takes. You can learn, you can grow, you can receive, you can be equipped and you can go. And you'll be surprised how much God can use you when people that are receiving are so humble. They're so humble, so hungry. You'll be surprised what's inside of you. The Holy Spirit's inside of you. Amen? Wonderful. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it, but Torah and Daniel will be with us on the 5th of November. So that's Sunday morning, the 5th, not next Sunday, Sunday after. Torah and Daniel leads the apostolic prophetic team, NCMI. We've been partnering with for 30 years. So I really want to encourage you to not miss out. Make sure you be here, be on time, ready to receive. And Because and, he's a real apostolic person. He walks in the apostolic he is overseeing the team, which is about 700 people on that team or so, um, which is made up of apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. That's NCMI. We equip the, the churches worldwide in 100 different nations. So Tyrone will be with us, all right, the, 10th, the, the 5th of November. Awesome. So we're diving into the kingdom of God, a message on the kingdom, and it's, it's really... Um, very, very heavy on my heart. I've been reading, meditating, going through all the scriptures. Simple to do from a Strong's Concordance. Gives you all the scriptures on the kingdom of God. And I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, that when I look up the word kingdom, it's mentioned in the Strong's Concordance, it could be more, 369 times in the whole Bible, kingdom. The word Christian is mentioned three times, just so you know. Because I just want us to learn to speak our, we want to speak the language that the Bible speaks of. We want to speak, we want to, we want to get in line with whatever, the, whatever Jesus emphasized, whatever the apostles emphasized, this is their reality. This is, how they, this is the, the lenses how they saw God. This is the lenses of how they heard the gospel. It's, they heard the gospel through the lens of the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus phrased that word. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all nations. We usually, in our lens, in our filter, in our mindset, we view it as the gospel of salvation. That's usually very, very, it really brings, it is a gospel of salvation. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely is. But it can bring it down to, I need salvation, and this good news is for me that my sins are forgiven. But you are a part of something way greater than just your sins be forgiven which they have been because Jesus paid the price for it. And you enter into a relationship with God, but the phrases, the communication, the way Jesus communicated constantly, like it's renewing my thinking. I think how much more do we all need renewing our thinking to see what we are a part of, how we are a part of a relationship with the Father, but we've come into the kingdom of God. We've come into his kingdom. The word son and daughter is mentioned, uh, son and daughter, well, son is 3,171 3, times and daughter is 507 times. The word father is mentioned 1,512 times. The word religion is mentioned five times in the New Testament, just five times. So just help us understand that religion is about systems and rules, but the kingdom is about relationship with a father. And yes, the kingdom of God has values. There's, there's a culture in the kingdom. And I believe that even in, in the kingdom of God, when you look at the kingdom of God, God gave those Ten Commandments. They're, they're our, they're, that's the laws of the kingdom. The Ten Commandments are laws. If you break a law, you're going to have to pay a price for it, don't you? If, you? if you get caught stealing or killing someone, you go to jail. 
You don't get the privilege of being a citizen. So I want us to think in lines of being a citizen of heaven. When you repented of your sins, when I repented of my sins, I came into the kingdom of God. Now I'm a citizen. What does a citizen have? A citizen has rights and a citizen belongs to a government. So what we've actually come into, not religion, but we've come into a government. We've come into, what is, what is a kingdom? Just, let's give the definition of a kingdom. Remind us. I've, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. A kingdom may be defined as the sovereign rule of a king. This is what you've come into. This is what I've come into. Okay? Again, not, not, not this Western mindset of Jesus or a democratic mindset of Jesus because a democratic Western mindset is I've got rights and Jesus is there for me. We almost treat Jesus like the genie, you know. I, I, I polish the little thing and the genie comes out and, and the genie says, what do you want me to do for you? We can't see Jesus that way. Jesus is the king of all kings. He's the king of the kingdom and he rules his kingdom. We've come into the reign and rule of a kingdom. It's a little bit different than filtering it through our Western mindset. I hope you're here in my heart. I want us to understand this is what we've come into. Jesus preached this. This, is, was, his, this was his life assignment. Right? We'll go through all what he taught. He taught this completely. The apostles taught it completely. In the book of Acts, the letters of Paul, the apostle, who was the great master builder, spoke about the kingdom. It was throughout the New Testament letters. This is how, and then you look at the book of Revelations, refers about the kingdom and, and God's kingdom being coming, coming on the earth. All right. Um, so, so what are we talking about? We're talking about what is the definition of a kingdom. The sovereign rule of a king over a territory. That's where we get that word kingdom, domain. King ruling over a domain. A king ruling over a territory. So the king ruling over your hearts, my heart. That's come into the rule and reign of the king. Whenever I submit to the rule and reign of the king, I have to submit to his will. And the way I submit to his will is by submitting to his word. So anytime you and I submit, change our thinking, change our heart or attitude and our lifestyle, our behavior into the will of God, the Father, we're submitting to his word. And then the kingdom comes into that realm. So the kingdom comes now into your realm. So we enter the kingdom now. So most Christians, when they give their lives to Jesus, if you only... Oh, my sins are forgiven. You your life doesn't change. And all you keep thinking about is when I die, I'll go to heaven. When I die, I experience the freedom and the, the joys and the presence and the culture of heaven. That's wrong thinking. It's not when you die, unless you look at it this way, when you spiritually die. When you repent, the old you died. Because the old you died, the resurrected Christ comes into your dead spirit and resurrects it and makes it alive to God. In that sense, we step into the kingdom of God. Now, while you're physically alive. So we're not looking about, oh, when I die, I'm going to experience heaven. We experience heaven now. You're following me? So important that our mindset shifts. Didn't Jesus say, don't say, this is what he taught, don't say, lo, look over there, the kingdom is there. Or the kingdom, I know, the kingdom's coming, it's over there. Because for the kingdom of God is... Within you. In that time he said within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Wow, I've got to think, wow, the realm of the king is within me. And yes, the message of Jesus, I will talk about in a moment. Um, it says repent. Powerful word. It's not you repent once and now you're in the kingdom. 
The word repentance means to change your thinking. For the kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. It's accessible. Why? Because the king has come. Jesus, the king came to the earth. And so everywhere he went, he says, repent, change your thinking, change your perspective, change your mind. Because the way you're thinking is the reason why you're not in the kingdom. Change your thinking so that you can repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is ready. It's experienced. You can, you can come in now. It's near. It's here. Why? Because the king, Jesus brought the kingdom. You following me? Even Isaiah 9 verse 6, let me read it quickly. For, the, for a child will be born to us, to us. A son will be given to us. And the government, the kingdom has government. The government will, be, will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of his peace. On the throne, see, the kingdom has a throne. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness. For then, for then, sorry, from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will establish this. So when Jesus was born, a king was born. And I'll show you in John 18, verse 37, Jesus is talking to Pilate. Look at this. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king? This is, it basically says, this is the end was, sorry, to this end was I born. This is the reason why I was born. I was born to be the king, to be the king of the kingdom. For this reason I was born and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So why was Jesus born? He was born a king. Even when he died on the cross, what did they say? Jesus, king of the Jews. The, 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 the magi that came from the east who were, who were looking for the king, they said, we came to seek, we saw his star. We came here that was born king of the Jews. Because he's come to bring a kingdom here and now. And so government, right? It speaks of a government, a country. The kingdom has a government. The Lord wants heaven's culture. Listen to this. The Lord wants heaven's culture right now. Heaven's culture that it's in heaven right now, where the throne is and where the, anyone that has died and gone to, into heaven, where the Father is and where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Heaven's culture to colonize the earth. Wants to change the earth. Wants, wants heaven's culture to come here. Do you believe that? Well, that's what Jesus taught. All right, Jesus, didn't he, I'm, I'm, I'm going all over the place, but on purpose. Because, how did Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father, where does he art? Where does he live? Who art in heaven. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. I mean, if Jesus could have said your salvation come. But he didn't. He said your kingdom come. On earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done on earth, sorry, as it is in heaven. God's will on, on God, Jesus is saying, pray this. Pray God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Well, how's the will of God in heaven? Is there hatred in heaven? No. Pray God's will on earth. Done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there love in heaven? Yes. Pray God's will on earth. Is there healing in heaven? Yes. No one's sick in heaven. Is there any anxiety, worry, stress, depression? No. We want to bring God's kingdom here on earth. 
as it is in heaven. Jesus actually taught his disciples to pray that because that was the will of the Father. Bring heaven here now on earth. If we don't think that way, we'll think like this. When I die, I'll experience heaven. Then I'll experience the presence of God. No, you can experience the presence of God now. You can experience the joy of eternal life now. You can experience peace with God now. Peace is a powerful thing. You can experience peace right now. Presence of peace. Shalom. No anxiety, no worry, no stress whatsoever. That's the presence of peace. That's being in the presence of God. But you can experience now. If you don't believe for that, then if you don't have the right thinking for that, that's why Jesus says repent. Change your thinking. Literally, remember this word. The word repent literally means change your thinking. Think differently. Change your perspective because the kingdom of God is at hand. You won't enter the kingdom unless you repent. Change your thinking. And I guess I like to say it this way. I won't go deeper into the realms of the kingdom and surrender to the rule and reign of the king without repentance, without continually changing my thinking. So I've walked to the Lord for 36 years. I want to continually change my thinking. When I change my thinking, I say, Lord, I'm sorry in that area because that area in my thinking was thinking selfishly and not according to the way the king sees me. So I repent of that thinking. I change my thinking. I submit my thinking to your way of seeing things. And what happens, I go experience the kingdom, realm of the king, reign of the king, sovereign rule of the king over my life more. That never stops. Never, ever stops. You know, a couple, a couple of years ago, before COVID, because my parents are from Italy, my brother and my sister have Italian citizenship. And I always thought I should get my Italian citizenship because one day, Lord willing, if I have an Italian citizen, I've got open door to 27 countries across Europe to preach the gospel. And, if, and that way I can literally go there and preach the gospel. And I don't have to go back, you know, tourist visas, a certain amount and all that. So no, I applied about, I applied two years ago with my children. And uh, basically, cut a long story short, um, they sent an email a year ago to a wrong email address. And, and I, I had it. I didn't know I had it. So as an Italian citizen, I've actually got rights. Did you know that? Well, you have rights as a kingdom citizen. But unless, I'm trying to show you, unless you have a revelation that you actually have a right, when I say rights, as a son and daughter of the king. When you get this, it's, see, the way you live this kingdom life is it's through revelation knowledge. Or else you'll base your, your faith on feelings and emotions. And when I'm feeling good, then God's favorable to me. And when I don't feel good on Monday morning, if I don't feel good, oh, I feel God distant because you put your faith on your feelings. But I put my faith on his word. And I know I have his favor all the time. And you have his favor all the time because he's given you the gift of righteousness. Through faith in his blood because of what he did for us on the cross. So I've got to have faith as a, like I I now know, I didn't know. But if I got into trouble, if I traveled and I got into trouble, I couldn't have used my rights as a Italian citizen because I didn't know I was one. But there's, there's a lot of countries because of the Italian citizen is connected to the European Union, that, that the embassy would fight for you and protect you. But if I didn't know that, I couldn't exercise my rights. And so it's, it's like understanding, like Jesus actually said once to Peter, um, who do the kings of the earth put taxes on? To their children or to their subjects? And Peter basically says, oh, not to their children, but to their subjects. And Jesus says, well, then the children are exempt, aren't they? 
And so the answer is yes, we're exempt, but just so that they aren't offended. And he tells them to get the taxes from the fish and pay the taxes. So he's trying to say, as children, we're, we've got rights, but so that they're not offended, we'll pay the taxes. What a beautiful heart. He paid taxes to the government of his day because he didn't want them to get offended. But he goes, look, as sons of the king. See, he knew, he knew the father owned everything. See, this changes the way you see things. The father owns everything. He owns the earth. Did you know that? But you know the scripture actually says that he's given the earth to the sons of men. When, when someone owns something, then he's got a right to give it to people. He can give it to people. You can't give something that you don't own. The Father owns everything. He gave it to us. All right. So when you look at Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, I'll just I'll quote it. It's in the Bible. John the baptizer's message was this, repent for the kingdom of God has a hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. And again, to think different because the kingdom is available. It's ready. It's here. It's arrived. The king has come. The Messiah is on his way. What was John doing? Preparing the hearts of the people to repent. To prepare, you know, he was plowing the ground of the hearts so they would have a heart of repentance. They repented unto baptism under John. But their hearts were repented of their sin so they could prepare their, their hearts to receive the king of all kings coming to the earth. But when Jesus came, Matthew 4 verse 17, from that time Jesus began, I'm reading scripture, Matthew 4 verse 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? He didn't say, I mean, salvation is in the kingdom. He didn't say repent for the, salvation is here. We usually read it that way or interpret it that way. But he's trying to give us an understanding the kingdom is available. And when you enter the kingdom, it's now. You have the authority, the rights, the privilege as a son and daughter. And as, as a true son, you don't, you don't demand rights. When I think of rights, I think of them as privileges. But if you break the law of the kingdom, then there's consequences. You lose your rights. When someone broke the law here, what do we do to them? If they really broke the law, like murdered someone, you put them in jail. A person that's in prison because they broke the law loses their privileges, don't they? Privilege of freedom, privileges of choosing what to eat, when to go to sleep. They, they, they lose their freedom. They lose their rights because they broke the law. So we start understanding God put these laws in place for our benefit, not to hold us back. Actually, for our benefit. Matthew 4, verse 23, another scripture, but says the same thing. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, not the gospel of salvation, not the gospel of forgiveness. Even though it is the gospel of forgiveness, it is the gospel of salvation, absolutely. But I love the way he preached the good news of the kingdom. And he said this, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So preach the good news, good news that the kingdom is available. Because the kingdom's available, he's got authority over sickness and disease and, and evil spirits. In other words, he brought the kingdom, not just preached it, he demonstrated it. We are called to not just preach it, but demonstrate the kingdom. It's like you saw in the videos. What are they doing? Because the they're going and preach the gospel of the kingdom and people that are receiving because they're humble enough, hungry enough, full of faith and they hear the gospel, get prayed for, they get set free and the kingdom comes in. Evil spirits leave, sicknesses leave, demons leave, anxiety lifts, depression lifts. What happens? The reign of the king has come into that home or that one person or that one person's heart. 
Are you with me? Matthew 9 verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities, not just all of Galilee, now all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, heal, and healing every sickness and disease among the people. Everyone say every. Imagine what it would look like in all of Galilee, in all the cities, in all the, all the surrounding towns, that everyone was getting healed. So, wow, Jesus is preaching a gospel of the kingdom, but demonstrating the authority that he had, because de- evil spirits, demons, sickness could not dwell, could not stay. This is how we have to see ourselves, actually. You think, oh, but that's Jesus. Well, hang on, let's, let's look at the whole assignment that Jesus had to live. Um, in Matthew 5, verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The word poor means beggar. The, uh, blessed are the beggars in spirit, or the poor, or the pauper in spirit. When I think of, remember we're talking about in spirit. So your spirit man is, what, what, when you think of a beggar, what do you think of? Someone that's desperate, someone that's needy, someone that's hungry, someone that's humble, someone that's has desperate needs. In your spirit, when you're poor, theirs is the kingdom. Your king, the kingdom of God is it's there. Why? Because of the humility, the hunger that presses in. Amen. I write down, blessed are the needy, humble in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Not forgiveness, not just salvation, not just even righteousness. This is all a part of being in the kingdom of God. But think about the kingdom, the realm and reign, the rule of the king is yours. When you're humble, what holds us back from the kingdom is pride. Uh, and, and look at this. Look at what Jesus, and then you understand what Jesus is referring to. Jesus explains and gives understanding on how to, how to be great in the kingdom. I looked up that word great because you think, hang on, Jesus is using this word. What does he really mean? It means great. He that is great in the kingdom. Matthew 18, verse 1. At the same time came the disciples to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the middle of them. He, he literally grabbed the little child and said, Truly I say to you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. And whoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever receives one such little child is, in my name, receives me. He's actually trying to say, you've got to be humble as a child. I used to always ask myself, what does it mean to be, to be converted, to become like a little child? I mean, what's, what does a child have? And there's a, you can ask all of us right now, and I do this at Firm Foundation, and we all, we all in our innocence, teachability, um, purity, they, they don't have a capacity in their brain, in, in their intellect, to reason things, to worry about things. They don't do that in the intellect. But one of the greatest things I think the Lord is really trying to get us to look at is their humility. They don't have pride. They don't have arrogancy. They don't have that. And I, I was going to use one of the little kids, but I'm pretty sure he's asleep. If he's awake, maybe bring him. Um, bring um, William. Because you look at their persona, look at their... And I used to take care of, I was a childcare worker when I first became a Christian. And I would look at the kids playing in the classroom. I said, Lord, what is it about the kids? 
And, I, and the Lord was reminding me, they don't have the capacity to go, oh no, my dad could get retrenched. He could lose his job. And if he loses his job, he won't be able to, he won't be able to pay the bills. And he, we could, he won't be able to pay the mortgage. And if he can't pay the mortgage, we're going to lose our house. We're not going to have a place to sleep. A little kid at three years old doesn't have the capacity to reason that out. He's free of all that anxiety, isn't he? That worry, that, that fear. It's actually, what they actually have is trust. They completely trust. A little baby, why does a little baby design to trust? Even the parents give him food. Why doesn't the baby go, this could be poison? Because there's trust. It's inbuilt in them. No arrogancy, no pride. Just, he's oblivious to you guys. And because he, he loves his nono. You love your granddad? Can you hear that? I just want you to see his innocence and no worry, no care about how you might view him because his fear of pride is free of pride, free of arrogance, just humble and trusting. <laughs> and trusting. Yes, you're very trusting. But the purity, God, Jesus says, unless you're converted and become like a little child, like this little spirit, you cannot enter. I love that. It breaks my heart. It makes me think, Lord, I never want to think I know it all. I never want to think I know stuff. <laughs> love you. The innocence of a child. Never forget that picture. Jesus himself. Look at what he says here. Then were they brought unto him little children. They brought little children to Jesus that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. Say, no, 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 don't disturb the master. It's too, he's too busy. They're not as important. Whatever they're thinking, they're trying to stop them from bringing little children to the master. And, but Jesus said, suffer little children to come. Bring them. For the, for, forbid them not to come unto me. For such is the kingdom of God. He's not talking about such when you go to heaven is the kingdom of God. Don't think of it, oh, that's when you go to heaven, that's what it's like. No, it's not about right now. You've got to have the heart of a child. You've got to have the humility of a child. You've got to have, you've got to have the innocence. You've got to have the, the, the lack of pride. Doesn't the Bible say pride, uh, God resists the proud? You don't want God to resist you. Ar- arrogance is the most ugliest thing. And, and, and yet the devil wants to put pride on people. It's almost like a self-sufficiency. Anytime I have a prayerless day, I'm actually saying, God, I can do this without you. That's arrogance. That's pride. That's, that's depending on my own energy, my own mental wisdom. I think I can do this. And I've done that. But what I'm saying, it's, it's actual pride. But I want to walk in humility and say, Lord, I need you. I desperately need you. There's, there's pictures in heaven where the Bible talks about those that sit on the throne, even the 24 elders sitting on the thrones, and, but they, they get off their thrones and bow down and cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus. So something, like, crown speaks of achievement, what you've done, what you produce for the king. It's rulership, territory, it's, it's victories, it's triumphs, it's things that you've done in obedience. But you realize you couldn't have done that without God giving you the power, giving you the wisdom, giving you the know-how. And so you take the crowns and you throw it at the feet of Jesus because you know it's all him. But you're still a king. That rules under the king. So you've you, you got to see yourself differently. 
if we're coming to the kingdom, we're royalty. Because we're sons and daughters of this king. That's scriptural, you know that. That we are a royal priesthood. Why does it say royal? Because we're actually royal. Because Jesus is the king. And we're his sons and daughters. We're sons and daughters of the Father. Amen. Are you with me? The Bible says in Matthew 6 verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Again, I love the fact that he says, seek first the kingdom. He didn't say seek first knowledge. Don't seek position. Don't seek just, just salvation. Or seek, oh, I just, want to be, I, just, I just need my needs met. You know how we pray? We pray with our needs. Oh, Lord, my fa- Father, this is all my needs. My shopping list. I've got this. I need this. I need this. You know, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. It's all about us. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things that the Gentiles seek after will be added to you. And I, wrote, and I thought to myself, what does it mean to seek first, to desire first, to worship first, to go after first the kingdom? Now, I think you and I, we're all built the same. You and I won't go after the kingdom first if we don't believe the kingdom is the best thing for us. If you don't believe that the kingdom of God is the most valuable treasure to you on earth, you won't go after it, neither would I. I have to view the seeking the king of this kingdom, Jesus, and going after him and his kingdom is the best thing I could ever do. I can give my life to, I can give my time to, give my energy to. If I don't really, really believe it, I won't go after him. I just won't. And guess what? I can tell you if you're seeking first the kingdom. Now, it's going to be strong, but this is a reality. By what you do with your time. Show me your calendar. Show me your daily Morning rituals, show me your day, show me your work day, show me your nights, show me every single Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, show me your absolute calendar, everything you do. And what you do with your time will show you if you're seeking first the kingdom. What you do with your energy will show me. Or what you do with your money, how you spend your money, your treasure, your money. Do, do you, does it go towards seeking first the kingdom? What you, you know, I wrote down time, money, and talents. Talents is your gifts, your abilities, your skills. If you're you're using it to extend, increase the kingdom, then you see that the kingdom is the most valuable thing on earth. You following me? Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 to 6, basically says, If you seek for wisdom and knowledge and the fear of the Lord, as if you've sought for silver and for hidden treasure, then you would find the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge that comes out of his mouth. If you sought for it as if it was hidden treasure. Now, I've, told, I've said this for many, many years. If you knew that somewhere in your backyard there was a hundred million dollars worth of gold bullion dug there 20 feet down, just 100% knew for sure it's there. Now, what would you do to seek that? Be honest. Don't be religious. What would you do? I know what I would do. I would do everything what it takes to get it. I don't know where it is in my backyard, 800 square meters. It's somewhere 20 meters down there, but I've got to find it. I'll get tractors. I'll get bulldozers. I'll get my own shovel. I'll get a gold detector. I'll do whatever it takes to find it. If I find it, I'll get $20 million worth of bullion. That's treasure. I know what that can do. This, this is motivation. I've got to see the kingdom as God is beautiful. God is magnificent. Jesus is coming back. 
All we have to do is actually believe the whole Bible. And we know 100% sure Jesus will come back. And when He comes back, His face will shine brighter than the sun, the noonday sun you see today. The sun will turn into darkness because of the face of the glory of Jesus when He comes back in the clouds of glory. And the clouds of glory is all the thousands upon thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000 saints that are coming back with Him. It's all going to happen. You and I will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of every single word, every single action we've ever done. This is how the fear of the Lord grips us. Actually believe the Bible. Actually believe what the Bible says. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Jesus taught how to pray, and I, I touched on this. I love this because it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Why didn't he say, our Father who art in heaven, make, uh, make sure I go to heaven when I die? Let's pray. Imagine Jesus taught us this. Uh, when, you, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, please make sure that I go to heaven when I die. Because most Christians, that's what they're living like. I just pray that I go to heaven when I die. And the, the, it should be the opposite it should be, I enter heaven, I, I enter the kingdom of heaven now. Amen. Wonderful. I love this, Matthew 7 verse 21. Not everyone that says to me, Jesus says this, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will. So how do you enter in the realm of the kingdom of heaven? By doing the will of my Father, who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Jesus said, but Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name? We've done many wonderful miracles in your name. And the Lord will say, depart from me. I never knew you. You are workers of iniquity. Your, your, your wickedness, iniquity is twisted, perverted things. You don't, I don't know you. That's the word knowing is to know. How do you get to know the Father? By doing his will. How do I do his will? By living his word. It's not hard. You know, like we just live his word. Amen? I don't, you don't want to be that person. You did all these great things, but I never knew you. I want to know him. It's about knowing the Father. That's why going to church on a Sunday, it's something we do because we gather as a family. But that, if that's all you do, then there's something wrong. Because it has to be a relationship, doesn't it? You've come into the realm of the King and I submit to Him through revelation knowledge. If I didn't know I was an Italian citizen, I couldn't use my access and my privileges and my, um, you know, the, 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 the revelation that hey, I'm an Italian citizen, therefore that this, I have these rights, I can have these things. If you look at it quickly, we'll close with this because I think it's really important. Uh, let me, actually, let me show you this. Um, ah, so good. Matthew 10, verse 5. Jesus t- the, the, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the, whole, not, not into the way of the Gentiles, or into the city of the Samaritans, yet enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, so he gave the 12 a message on what to preach. It wasn't salvation, forgiveness of sins, cross, da, da, da. It was the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, and Jesus died on the cross 
so, he, so you can come into the kingdom. So you preach the cross, you preach the good news, you preach how it all happened, but you, you, what you've entered is the kingdom of God now. So he told the 12 to preach that. He told the 70, that's found in Luke 10, verse 1, he, told, he commissioned the 70 disciples to preach the, 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 the kingdom of God. And he says, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. In other words, demonstrate the kingdom. He told the 70. And the great commission is the same thing. I mean, you, you die, you, 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 you win victory over death and sin and strip Satan of his authority, go to hell, take the keys of, of heaven and, and earth and death and life and death and everything. He took everything off Satan and he says, now I have all authority under heaven and earth. Go into all the world and preach this gospel. What's the gospel? It's the gospel of the kingdom. It doesn't change. It's still the gospel in the context of the kingdom of God. And he says, and he also said, repent in the, in, in the remission of sins for the name. One of the other, I think Matthew says that. Repent. What was his whole message? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You've got to leave it in its context. So the way you and I have authority in the kingdom, I've got to finish with this if I can have a few minutes, is, this, is when Jesus spoke to Peter and, and he pretty much said, what, who, who do people say that I am? Oh, some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're you know, Prophet Elijah come back from the dead. I mean, think about it. They actually believed in reincarnation. They, they, they think you're one of the great prophets that have come back. The, the, world, the, the, the community, the, the people were thinking wrong about Jesus. And Jesus says, but what do you say I am? Who do you say? He's concerned about how you see Jesus. If you see Jesus as this religious vigor who came as a good teacher, as a prophet, he's this nice guy, or you just see him, he died on the cross for my sins, and good, I'm forgiven. And when I die, I hope I make it to heaven. I'm trying to live right. Like if you see it that way, or you've entered into the kingdom of God and you've been, you were dead in your sins, but when you repented, you, your dead spirit was resurrected and made alive to God. And now we're seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. We are actually in the kingdom of God because we're seated in Christ. What Christ has, we have. We're joint heirs with Christ. We're heirs of God now. You know, the Bible actually says you are a citizen of heaven. It's in Philippians. That means you are already a citizen of heaven. If you have a citizen, you must have rights of heaven. But if you don't know those rights, then you can't walk in those rights. If you don't have the revelation of the authority that you have, how do you cast out a devil? Are you with me? That's an encouraging message. I'm stirring you. It's okay. All right. Don't be discouraged. Say, yes, Lord, I want to believe the right stuff. All right. And so basically, you know the story. Um, Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed are you. No, sorry. He asked Simon, but Peter answered and said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. He basically said, Peter responded to Jesus' question, who do you say I am? You are the Christos, the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you, you are Peter, you are a piece of rock, and upon this mass of rock, different word he used, I will build my church. What, what mass of rock? What, what, what are you going to build your church on, Jesus? On the revelation of who Jesus is. When you and I have a revelation of who Jesus is, you're going to know who you are. And he goes, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell won't prevail against you that have a revelation of Jesus. 
you know, we sometimes are so reactive. It's like the enemy attacking me, the enemy attacking me. You're the one that puts threat on the kingdom of darkness. Because you, you represent the kingdom of light. Jesus, the Bible says that he's translated us. Oh, sorry, he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the what? The kingdom of the son that he loves. See, we, we, we were in the kingdom of darkness, but he rescued us from there and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. That's the kingdom of light. It's the kingdom of darkness and there's a kingdom of light. There's no, no in between. You belong to the kingdom of light. So the enemy hates that you could get a revelation. Wow, I'm actually a citizen of heaven right now. Well, actually, I've got authority over sickness, disease. I've got authority over demons. I've got it now. I don't have to try to get it, work for it. Just, I've got it because of Jesus. And look, 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 look what he says. And I, because of this revelation of Jesus, everybody say revelation. 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 Not head knowledge. Revealed knowledge here in your heart. Because of this, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Look at this. This is Jesus speaking. Do you really believe this? I've got keys to the kingdom of heaven. We act like God's got the keys of the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I don't, who's got the keys? I don't have the keys. Jesus says, because of revelation, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, whatever you tie up, shall be tied up in heavenly realms. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in the heavenly realms. Because you've got authority. Give me back the keys. Now, I, now I've got the keys. Keys speak of t- opening up doors and locking doors. I've got the keys right now. But if I give it to someone else, I give you the keys. God doesn't have the keys. We don't realize the authority we carry. Whether you realize it or not, you are operating keys all the time. Sometimes negative, sometimes positive. Sometimes with your mouth, you're opening up doors and closing doors because you've got authority. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. So powerful when you actually realize, okay, I've got the authority because of revelation knowledge. See, what did God restore Adam and Eve from? It, like you, you can't restore us to heaven. We didn't fall from heaven necessarily. We were here on earth. What Adam and Eve lost was authority to rule and reign and take dominion over the earth. So when Jesus restored it, he restored us back to that authority to rule and reign like Adam and Eve should have from the beginning without the fall. So, so that means if you believe, I have to believe that what God did in Christ Jesus for, on my behalf is way more powerful than what the devil did in Adam. What the devil did in Adam and Eve when they disobeyed God, yes, it broke the separation, it broke it and everything, it broke fellowship. They lost authority, lost dominion. They fell into sin, shame, guilt, fear. A lot of things happened. Spiritually died. But what God did in Christ raised us up into heavenly places. So I do believe God restores us back to that authority over the earth. But Adam and Eve's authority went all the way to the throne. That's why he had to restore our authority to the throne. Set us down at the right hand of the Father. We've got the keys. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Imagine if I said to you, you have, you are getting everything you're saying. Jesus did say that. Matthew, Mark chapter 11. Whatever 
if you speak to this mountain, be thou removed and, be not, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say come to pass. You will have whatever you say. Jesus said that. If you do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say shall come to pass, you will have whatever you say. If you do not doubt in your heart, sometimes we do not doubt in our heart and we go, I know something bad is going to happen. I just don't doubt in my heart. Every time I go on a holiday, something bad happens. You watch, mark my words, it's going to happen. Guess what's going to happen? You don't doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say, you'll come, it'll come to pass. But the same is true when you speak according to God's Word. All I'm asking us is to speak according to God's Word. If God says something about me, say it. If God doesn't say that about me, I'm not going to say it. I had to learn, and I'm still learning. But things like when you're young and, and some, you get the money, I haven't got the money for that on me. I don't want to say I have no money because my Father has everything. I don't have the money for that on me right now. The Father has everything. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. And I would love to see, if you, if you have any needs, sickness, disease, evil, to be tormented, and you need to be set free, right now, right, all the leaders, because they've all got authority, are going to pray for you. You can be set free instantly today. Because as kings of the kingdom, Jesus is the king of all kings. We're the kings. He's the king of all kings. We have authority. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.